you're altogether lovely. We can cry out this morning when he reached down his hand for me. Lost and undone without God or his son. But Lord, you reached down your hand for the likes of me. And for that, Lord, we can see a miracle in the making. We can see a people that's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Plucked out of the very grip of Satan into the very presence of the great I Am. Truly, this indeed is a great miracle, Lord. And so this morning, it shouldn't be a foreign thing for us to lift our voices to the God of glory for great things you have done. And so, Lord, I want to give a thanksgiving offering this morning for the amazing grace that you've shown within my life and in the life of your children that are standing here. To God be the glory. Great things you have done. And Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to do the great work that you're doing, Lord. And inspire us in the word and show us more of your glory as you walk by us this morning. Father, speak to everyone. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We've come to hear the word, haven't we? We've come to see God and see his great unveiling. So without any further delay, I'd like to turn to a number of scripture, scriptures to you. I bring greetings for Brother Tim Pruitt. We had a wonderful uh, set of services down in, in, down in Minden, Louisiana. And uh, Brother Ed capped off the meetings on the Sunday morning. We had a very special time. If you haven't seen the set of meetings, I would encourage you to see them. They will feed your soul and will inspire you greatly. Amen. So now let's turn to the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, verse 12 and 13. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 12 and verse 13. Now, I'm not adverse for you to say, Sikkim. I'm not adverse to that. I'm not adverse to hearing you rejoice when God speaks to your heart. In any way. I don't care if you don't say a thing, but you lift up your hands and, and enjoy and thanksgiving. Because if the word doesn't speak to us, saints, we're dead. We have to have a living gospel. It can't be dead letter. The letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. And that's what we need. We don't, we don't need to hear a lecture. We don't need to hear somebody or give it a great oration. We need that the Holy Spirit would punctuate the Word, that we can be affected and moved into the very presence of the One that we love so much. That's what we're desiring. And that's what I'm praying for today, that you know, people that have never even experienced the joy of the Lord would, in, would experience the peace and the love and the grace of God. And I, I just, I love Him. And I pray that that will become a reality to each and every one of you. Express it in your way. If you're a husband and you don't tell your wife how much you love her and things like that, you're, you're a very lukewarm husband. I don't want to be lukewarm. Verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, 
Ye who are sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace and who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall, a partition between us. I want you to notice in particular, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall, a partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. May God add his blessing to this word. You may have your seat. So being that we're in Ephesians, and we read out of Ephesians, Brother Bram said Joshua types Ephesians. I, I thought we maybe we could look and see how the walls came down, the wall of partition to the redeemed of God, and that would be Rahab. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. I'd like to continue on with what we were speaking on before we left for the meetings. And I spoke on um, not going back. I've opened my mouth and Jephthah had said making a vow. And I said I didn't want to speak on the subject itself. But I wanted to speak on the subject of, of, of the scripture. That I can't go back. I've made my vow. Or as the scripture said, he opened his mouth. And we have opened our mouths. We have accepted Christ. And we have made now a promise to him. And it's impossible for those that are born again of the Spirit of God to go back into the world. It's impossible. We've made the vow, we've opened our mouth, and we will not go back. So I want to, I want to take that same subject, but I want to uh, move it a little bit uh, to the, um, how can I say, a little bit more, a little, open it a little bit more. And I want to speak on then having then an act of faith. Not a dormant faith, but an active faith. If your faith is active, you will go forward. If your faith is dormant, that means you're asleep. And it's not alive to you. And we want the Word of God to become more than life to each and every one. Um, We don't want to come to church by association or a society. We've come to church as the called out, as the ones that have been separated by thus saith the Lord. And so I, I'll take it a little bit slow at first and we'll just see how the Lord will, will um, punctuate these different points. And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 2, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab and said, Bring forth the men that come to thee, which have entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, And said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it come to pass, about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out 
And whither the men went, I what not. Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax and had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they were pursued after them, were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came unto them up on the roof and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given... Now, I want you to notice this now. I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Where did she get this? The only encounter she's had now was two men that came into the house. But where did she actually get this revelation? Or get this understanding of now this, of this great terror that is about to happen in Jericho. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. Well, there must have been a grapevine going. There must have been a camel train come. Somehow, Rahab heard that there was a God that was alive and well. Those there were gods of Jericho and gods in the Canaan land. There was something in her that couldn't identify with it. But something in her was awakened to the reality that Israel God was God. The God of heaven was the Lord God himself. Now this is what she says here now. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Shihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, and neither did there any remain any more courage in any man, because, you, because of you, for the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Not a bad revelation for a heathen. She is actually quoting a scripture in the book of Deuteronomy 4 and 39. Where the Bible says, Know you this day and consider it in thy heart that the Lord, He is God in heaven above and upon earth beneath and there's none else. Don't tell me there isn't life in a seed. Don't tell me a heathen that knew not God caught a revelation that the God that was present was the God of heaven and earth. Surely, if she could get that kind of revelation, what should the bride of Christ be having now when the presence of God is amongst His children and amongst His bride? She had an act of faith or she actually moved because God was making something real to her and she was moving in a plan that God had in his mind. And that is what we have to start realizing. God has a plan for you and me. Let's catch the thought of God. We're talking about somebody that didn't even have an upbringing. Never sat in many services as you have over these years. Never had 1,100 tapes. Never had a Bible. Right. 
And she caught a revelation and put her life on the line. Come on. Stay with me. Don't get quiet now. She put her life on the line by a revelation that the God of heaven was going to be her God. Sam, that's a boom. Don't go to sleep on me, Sam. You stay alive, buddy. It's alive. The time God saved you and dealt with you at camp is the same God that is present today. Don't look at history. Don't go back. Go to the present. We say, well, God saved me. God did this. Move on, saints. Move on. Move on into the promise of God. It's an incredible thing. She would put her life on the line that quick. Can you imagine now the Prime Minister of Canada or the President of the United States sent now the FBI or the CIA to your door and said, we realize that you have got men hidden. You actually listen to tapes. You actually have books. Hmm? I wonder what we would do. Would we shake or would we stand? Would we look like Rahab and said, listen, that God's my God and I'll do whatever I have to do. Now, Brother Ed, you preach a wonderful message. And I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of hearing it, but it was Rahab's secret. And the secret she had is that judgment was coming. And she kept it to herself. And I looked at all the commentaries and and, and different ones that commented on Rahab. She held the secret because that secret was to her and her alone. It was to her and her family. Amen. What a secret. What a promise. What a hope that we've had under this token. Now, the amazing thing about this is that she didn't have to look for a token. She had the token. The very thing that she used to let the spies down She didn't have to search for it. She had it. Saints of God, you've got it laying within you. Full obedience to the word entitles you the token. There's an automatic response to the word. It's not something, and I've got the quote here, Brother Bram says, you don't have to pump it up or push it out. It's an automatic response to the Word. And that's all God's wanting to see is, what is your response? What an hour we're living in. What a time. This is the most exciting time. This is way more exciting than the 80s, 90s, 2000. This is amazing. That a president can make an announcement and recognize Jerusalem as the capital. And the whole world has turned against Israel. Prophecy is unfolding, saints. Don't get caught up in your everyday duties. Let's lift up a little higher because the time clock is is Israel. It's a great time to be living. It is a wonderful time because you are already prophesied to cheat death as Rahab did. Even in the time of judgment, her wall could not come down. She was the most protected woman on the face of the earth. And I want to say to you, 
as the bride of Christ, you are the most protected lady on the earth. My. My. What an hour. What a time. Think about it. How God called you. How God spoke to you. How God illuminated you. How you were ignited and quickened by the Spirit. Marvelous! And the same God that quickened you to that revelation of your need in Christ is the same God that's going to quicken you into the rapture. Because Brother Bram said in the rapture message, it's just one more revelation. Your new birth was a revelation. It has to be active. Don't ever let the word become dormant. It has to move forward. You can't go back. Brother Bram said, as, I, as we took the quote last week, I believe it's uh, uh, seed is not there with the shuck. He said, once the word moved from the stalk to the tassel, to the shuck. He said the life was moving on. It can't go back. And saints, you can't go back. I can't go back to what we were. We can only go forward. And the life went into the shuck to the grain. And it's harvest time. So in times past, you were not a people, Peter says. But now you are the people of God, which hath not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. What grace is this that God would have two men come to her house at the time of judgment? Brother Bram said it must have been tape boys. Must have been tape boys. How did you come? And God brought somebody by your way. And they spoke the word and something happened, saints. You were quickened. You were ignited. The Bible says in, in Hebrews 4 and 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful. That means quick means it's alive. So the word of God is alive and it's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. And ha- now the Bible says, Piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It knows how to go right to the matter. Right to the seed. Right to the gene. Of the joint and the marrow and is the discerner of the thought and intents of the heart. Let's take the Greek now for this. For the word of God, when God speaks, it's alive. When God speaks, it's alive and it's full of power. Making it, and this is where the thought comes, making the word in you active. So then the word had to come by your way to ignite you or to quicken you, to make it alive. It's quick, it's powerful. And it quickens you and it causes something to take place, which is an act of faith. So then when Satan had you in Laodicea, Brother Bram said he had his grip on you. When that word came your way, something happened that was quick, alive, and powerful. And Satan couldn't hold you anymore. So then when Rahab heard the word, there was something quick, something powerful, and it caused an active movement. I don't want Jericho. I don't want Laodicea. I want God. Praise 
the Lord, Andrew. That's what we come to church for. We don't want to just come to church. We want an act of God. We want a God that can speak to us, deal with us, quicken us. Amen. Not just sit here and listen to a brother preach, but actually to hear the word and have it now come down, discerning right down to your very heart. Amen. That you can say, that God is my God. The God of Israel is my God. The God that was present. The God that was alive. The God that parted the Red Sea. That God is my God. And that's what you have to do. I'm sorry, friends. I'm excited about it because I realized I know I was a Rahab. I know I was bound. I know I was in prison. And the very vehicle that caused that prison door to open was Christ. Well, what kind of Christ? Christ is the message. I'm sorry, I'm quoting out of token. The message is Christ. So the only power, Baptist power couldn't do it. I'm sorry, friends. I went to the Baptist church. I went to United Church. I went to Pentecostal churches. We had people witness to us and witness to us. and They had no power. But when this word came, surely you can raise your hands and thank God that God sent His word to your address. Amen. God saw that you didn't want to be in the condition you were in. Oh my, Brother Ben, I'll tell you what. If this doesn't put a smile on your face, nothing will. Volleyball won't do it. Hockey won't do it. Nothing will do it. You'll have a smile today and your team loses. Yeah, you put your faith in, you know, the Lakers or, you know, Chicago Bulls or whatever. Oh, it's, that's the best team. Best team? What are you talking about? We're on the best team. And the captain is Jesus. And my team has never lost. There won't be no sighing and crying over there when you know that you've met this captain of this great team. It's powerful, saints. It's powerful. Listen, you're Spider-Mans and the, and, and the gobbly goop that this world is pushing out. They're superheroes. Garbage. It's absolute garbage. Trying to fantasize in the children's mind the very thing that you and I are. Super church. Super race. We're not a people, now a people. A God that never obtained mercy, now obtained mercy. I say this is super. Don't feed your children garbage. Feed them the word of God. You let them get into those games, saints of God. Those games are so perverted. They've got women you can't even look at. Music you shouldn't be listening to. And you just say it's a game. It's not a game. It's an enticement of Satan. This is not a game. This is a warfare. And as I said a couple of services ago, Satan wants to get your children. Just like Herod tried it, Pharaoh tried it, but he can't have it. We're not leaving one behind. Not a horse. Nobody. The redeemed will go forward. Amen. 
This word has power. This word is active. This message is alive. Don't deaden it. Don't deaden it by being a bump on the log in church. If that word is active and that word is alive in you, it should be bubbling, bubbling, bubbling inside. Say, thank God I'm not like Laodicea. Yet, a little while, Jesus said, and the world will see me no more, but you shall see me. You'll have a secret that they don't know nothing about. And that's why Brother Brown said, this is a secret rapture. It's something that God has brought by your dwelling home. For the word of God that speaks... So if we believe a message has come and that is the absolute power of God, you cannot go back. You put the devil under your feet. Because the word is becoming flesh and the flesh is becoming the word. And it's powerful, saints. Powerful. And don't underestimate the power of this word. It's got you sitting in church and not in some pub. It's got you sitting in church and not at some sports event on a Sunday. Not caught up, caught up in everything that this world is throwing at them. I'm getting caught up and Lord willing we'll get to it. But that caught up is a wonderful word. We get caught up and carried away, Brother David. For the word that God speaks has to be and is because he's a living God and he is the word does everybody understand that in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwell among us so now Paul is writing in Hebrews now that the word of God when it speaks it's alive it's powerful it's an active energizing and effective faith my goodness, we're just going to crown that devil tonight with a good, or this morning with a good punch in the head. If he's been on your case today, or this last week, it's your time now to be on his case. For the word of God, and I don't want to belabor the point, but I want you to get the point. That if the word of God that has spoken to you in this hour is alive... Then if it's alive, it's powerful. It's God himself now living within you. And that word is an active word. It's an energizing word. And it's an effective word. It is indeed sharp. More powerful than any two-edged sword. It's penetrating and dividing. It reaches into the very depths of your nature and cuts away the nature and gives you a God nature what a word what power how effective is that that you can say the things I used to do I do them no more my I don't have to worry when I see something that's perverse and perverted saying oh I can't look I can't look I can't look it's an automatic reaction Because now there's an energizing work in you that's active and effective. And you know God won't allow. Brother Bram said the Holy Ghost would make you turn your head. 
yet a little while and the world won't see me no more, but you shall see me. Who's going to see him? Who's going to recognize the word for their day? Only the elect. Rahab saw the word by hearing the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word. Brother Bram said in one place, how did she hear? Maybe it was talk around the well. Did you hear what's happening? The great exploits that are taking place? Israel was delivered out of Egypt. Who delivered them? An 80-year-old man. How did he do it? With a stick. Don't tell me the word's not powerful. (laughs) Don't tell me it's not effective. It's active. Let my people go. All he had to do was speak the word. And it was the word that dealt with Egypt. All you have to do today, saints of God, is start speaking the word. And watch God come behind it and confirm it in your life. And at that day, at that day, can I say this day this scripture is fulfilled? At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. When is that to take place, Brother Tom? 20 years from now. No. 15 years from now. No. How about right now? How about right now? I'm setting you up, saints. I'm setting you up. I hope I can get you set up right. Because Rahab had not only to get delivered, but... Sorry for memory, but it's a wonderful memory. Brother Briscoe preached on it and he said, Now, he said, what was Rahab's saving grace was her marriage to Salomon. She married into the lineage of Judah. Praise the Lord. That's what's the miracle. It wasn't the tribe of Ephraim, Reuben, Simeon. She was now grafted into the tribe, the lineage of Judah. And because she was in that, she brought forth, or her lineage brought forth the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Now just watch now. That lineage brought forth the Son of Man. Can I just leap to you to 1965? Works as faith expressed. I'll just get your wheels turning because that's a good thing to do. Brother Bram said now, he said now here in, in, in Works as faith expressed, he says then in the day when the Son of Man is to be revealed, so we had to get into a lineage. We had to get into the Word. So he says at that day when the Son of Man is revealed, so she was now married into it, and saints of God, can I say to you this morning, so have you. You've come into union with Jesus Christ, the feminine part of God coming back to the ma- joining with the masculine, coming together. Are you ready? He says, now in the days of the revealing of the Son of Man, he says, in the day when the Son of Man will be revealed, amen, the Son of Man will be revealed in a body of flesh, you people, the church. So now we have a Son of Man revealing the Son of Man, which the Word came forth, powerful, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting away the things of life and the things of the world, and moving us into a union with Christ, that we also could be a reflection in that great lineage of God, as we can reveal the Son of Man. You people, the church, just exactly like in the days of Sodom. 
a called out group from all of them sitting out there believing the promise of God glory. Brother Branham did his part and now we're doing our part. Amen. And that word is coming in us as now we are revealing Christ himself. What a message you and I believe. What a message, saints. You won't get this in a Pentecostal Bible college. I'm sorry, saints of God. They don't even have a clue what we're talking about right now. I trust you can be a, a, a Rahab and say, I am not going back. God has made this too alive and it's active in me and it's moving me and I don't care what I have to do. I'll put a scarlet cord down. I'll let the token be displayed. We'll be called all kinds of names. But I tell you, at the time of judgment, we are protected. Praise the Lord. This isn't just some go to church kind of faith. This is a living faith, an active faith that is moving you up. God, let your word become alive. Listen what he says here. Now Jesus said in St. John 14, 12, The works that I do shall you do also. That is a part of the revealing of the Son of Man. The works that I do shall you do also. A little while in the world, the world order will not see me no more. But you shall see me, the church, the believers, the called out, the elect. He was already speaking you into existence. The word was going forth in power. And he says, for I, not someone else, but I, personal pronoun, Brother Bram said, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then if he is the same today as he was then, he's the Savior. He's the healer. He's the high priest. He's our Lord. He's just as he was then. Only instead of being in a corporal body named Jesus, God is living in his church, your body, my body. God, let this word become active. Hallelujah. Let this word become active faith. Living faith. He said, God is living in his church. I want to hear the church say amen. Amen. Christ is living where? In me. At that day. I want you to say this day. This day. This active word is living in me. Hallelujah. Same healer. Same deliverer. Same savior. You shall lay hands on this sick and they shall recover. Is that true? How many have been been delivered by the laying on the hands? Praise the Lord. It's active. It's effective. If this message isn't effective, it's wrong. But I want to say to you this morning, it's changing me. It's changing you from glory unto glory unto glory. I'm sorry for yelling. I, I thought I did pretty well the other day. I was just say low key. So he says, we like it when you get alive, Brother Tom. That's why I had to look at the scripture. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. I'm not going back. I'm sorry, friends. If you want me to go back, I can't go back. 
One brother said to me, well, we, there's, you know, there's a time to go back. You tell me when. You go get the quote. The only time you go back is when you left the word. Go back to the word. Amen. You just go look at the quotes. You go forward in Christ. You don't look back. Brother Bram said, I don't want to go back to the garbage that I was in. That's pretty strong. Remember I preached on dogs and hogs? Boy, I was really bound up, and I know you were bound up too. Brother Bram said, I'm not going to get any many amens on that title or that subject. But it was so nice going down to Louisiana and Brother Donnie Reagan, right in the middle of the service. He talked about dogs and hogs, and I felt so vindicated. <laughs> I felt so good. I thought, man, that, that's amen. And all the people on my bench looked at me. <laughs> Lord knows, doesn't he? I even held the tape back. I hold about three or four or five tapes every year. This is just for the local assembly. I get a text. Where's that message? Saints, the bride loves the word. It may be hard. It may be straight. But it's effective. And it's active. He said, now, he's just as he was then. Only instead of being in a corporal body named Jesus, he is living in his church. Who's the church? I'm the church. You're the church. So he's living in your body, my body. We're one body. Amen. That he sanctifies with his own blood that he might cleanse us by the washing of the water of the word and present us to God, a church without spot or wrinkle. The works that I do shall you also. This is a message of charge, not retreat. Come on, we're not retreating, we're going forward. My, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm just letting the devil know. I'm just enjoying this. Just a minute, devil. We're just going to put a line in the sand right here. Letting you know it's impossible for me to go back. If I am the word, how are we to become unword? You can't become unword. You can become the word, but you can't become unword. The devil might tempt you as he did the Lord in the wilderness. But he withstood Satan's temptations by the word. And that is the way that you battle Satan. By the word, the word, the word. Because you hear a little preacher say it's an effective word. It's an active word. It's a word full of energy. Rahab, once she caught the revelation that the God of heaven was the God of Israel, she said, that God is my God. Sounds like Ruth, isn't it? Now notice, she was already in the land of promise. And all the children of Israel were doing was picking up the seed. She was already there. Straight as the gate, narrow as the way. Few that there be that find it. I don't know how many brothers and sisters she had, but it says brethren and sisters, mother and father. So that little house had a lot of people sitting there waiting under the promise. Amen. I am so glad that Jesus found me. Jesus found me. Jesus loves me. Huh? They knew exactly where to go. The Word knows exactly where to go too. 
They went exactly to Rahab's house. They didn't knock on the neighbor's door. They went right to her house. Can you imagine going to you and me? Rahab's a harlot. And the Bible says that she's a harlot. And I always wondered about that because I remember our pastor holding up the Bible and saying that all Abraham's faults weren't to claim to her, to him, once it came through the cross. And all the good writings of, of, of the blood washed away Abraham. But somehow... That harlot word, Rahab the harlot, stuck there. And I always wondered about it. And then I started to think about it and weigh on God about it. God just wanted me to know that that's what you were, but you're not now. Look where you've come from, and you can't go back. It is God's amazing grace. Every time I read it, I throw up my hands and say, Oh, the grace of God. Better men in in Jericho, maybe governors, presidents, kings, noblemen, pretty women, handsome men, strong, industrious. But that had nothing to do with it. There were better men and women than you and I, but that has nothing to do with it. It's that eternal seed that was planted in you, that that's all God's concerned about. And he's going to send his word. Glory to his predestinated seed. Ah, you can't get away from God. I don't want to. That's what he says now. Anyone knows about the Bible knows that the harlot was predestinated. And just and don't look so sanctimonious, you whether we're sitting in harlotry yourself. And in paganism yourself. But until you heard, the Bible says in Revelation 18, and I heard another voice from heaven. That wasn't William Branham's voice. That was a voice from heaven. Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. You were in the harlot's system. Yes, sir. Everybody knows. That the harlot was predestinated. Everybody knows I'm predestinated. Thank you, Milko. She sure was. She perished not with those that believed not. That's right. But she believed the message of the hour. God gave her a sign by his messengers. Take that scarlet red streak. It's called a line. A scarlet line. It's called also a cord. It's also called the thread. Hmm. Praise the Lord. She wrapped it around where the messenger said, put it on the window of your heart. I mean the window of your wall. Or I mean the window of your heart. So when you look out and see the enlightening of God, all you can see is blood. 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 Oh, the blood of Jesus. Precious blood of Jesus. Everything I look at is through the blood. Maybe you should start looking at that through that bloody window yourself. And when you see somebody that has fault, just say, I see the blood. I see the blood. Jesus died for me. We should be looking out the window and seeing people as God sees us through the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Put that in the window of your heart and you will see each one as God sees you. Clean, 
Look around the room. You that have criticized one another. Now put the blood on your heart and look at one another. You can't criticize. And don't be a hypocrite. If you don't have the blood on, you will criticize. I'm sorry, saints. We have to be mature believers. We're not children anymore. And it is time, Brother Bram said, grow up. We are to be mature bride, mature people. Your murmurings are like those that want to go back. Remember, they murmured for the garlics and onions of Egypt. They murmured to go back to the flesh pots. Because they, they, had, they died. The Bible says they died in the wilderness. That they'll die on the journey. But those that were the elect did not murmur. They said, give me the land. Give me the promise. Because that word was alive and it was active. Amen. Praise the Lord. So now, he said, we all know that the harlot was predestinated. This isn't a token message. God gave her the sign. Oh my. Rahab, every predestinated seed in here. You get out there and go hunting them. What was her desire? Her family, her loved ones. Hunt them down. Get them in. Speak of this Jesus. Get your daddy. Get your mother. Get under the atonement. Amen. It was the atonement that saved them out of Egypt. The blood kept them. If you will put that, he says, I'm acquainted now. He said, the messenger said, she gave the sign of the token to Rahab. And he said, I'm acquainted. I'm acquainted with the messenger, Joshua. Glory. He was, they, they were acquainted with Joshua. Brother Bram said, every messenger, every preacher is acquainted with Jehovah's Savior. He said, I'm acquainted with the messenger. I'm acquainted with the angel of wrath. I'm acquainted with Joshua. He's God-destroying messenger. Can you imagine? He's a savior to one, and it's judgment to the other. When those, when those seven angels went up and that cloud was formed, it was redemption to the bride, life to the bride, but the wigged one, judgment to Laodicea. It's a time of judgment and a time of redemption. They're running parallel, saints. You just got to realize which side you're on. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've got the scarlet thread. I've got the blood applied. Amen. So now he knows that there has to be a token sign. Hang it there and I'll assure you. And I'll take the oaths. That if you have that hanging there, you will not be destroyed. Isn't that amazing? He, they didn't know that by living on the wall, that all the walls were coming down but her place. They just said you won't be destroyed. Could you imagine the whole wall around Jericho? And they had to walk around it for a day, the next day, the third day, the sixth day. They walked around it. And on the seventh day, they went seven times. One place that did not fall. It's amazing. There's one people here that's not going to fall. She's predestinated to this. My bride will not fall. What an hour we're living in. We're under a Joshua commission. 
the children of Israel were in their right place. So we see that Ephesians, as we said this morning, as we read first, Ephesians sets up Joshua positionally. So now, notice Joshua, after crossing over the land, he took the land and he divided the land and he said, Ephraim, you go here. Manasseh, you go there. This one here, Gad there, Benjamin here. He divided up the land and he divided it right because he put Bethlehem in Judah. So now here was Solomon and Ruth at Jericho, 60 miles away. But now in God's great mind, he knew that Joshua was going to place them in the right land and put them in Bethlehem, the house of God's bread, where the very Prince of Peace would be born. And he said, I am the bread that come down from heaven. I say, God knows where to place you, Cloverdale Bible Way. God knows you needed one another. God knows what kind of diet you need. God knows what word we've been given in this age. God knows. Don't start murmuring now. Are you listening to me, church? I'll say it right up to there to hear. Let the murmurers go. Let the complainers go. If you can do better, go. But each one that was a believer knew exactly their position in Christ. Murmurers died. Complainers died. I think that's enough to preach on right now. I don't want to get you down. Be positive. Be positive. The negativity... If you're feeding on negativity, you can't find it in the Bible and you can't find it in this message. The word's positive. And if you've heard negativity, what you need to do is correct it. The house of God's bread. The Bible says, Joseph went up out of Galilee into the city of Nazareth, into Judah, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. He had to be brought back to where that lineage had to be born. And how God moves certain situations and has attacks come and moves them from Nazareth, get them into Bethlehem. God knows how to move us. To get us into our position where the word needs to dwell. You still with me? Am I okay? I don't, I've just been an hour. Just, I'm sorry for belaboring the point, but I want you to catch some of this. Are you ready now? The son of man, the son of man, the son of man is now being revealed. And that son of man is the word. And that word is in his body. And that body is you. So now, he said, Brother Bram said, in him is healing. In him is salvation. In him is deliverance. In him. So now, Brother Bram says in the message called faith. Active. He said, all right. You have kidney trouble. You have arthritis. Almighty God, take away the curse from this woman. As I bless her in Jesus Christ. May she go and be made well. So now that was the commission. Commission. She's commissioned. Go now. 
and be made well. Now look, sister. You must now act on your faith. So now we're preaching on active faith. So now the word said you're healed. Now act like you're healed. Act like you're healed. Act like the word has spoken to you. Act like the word has now abode in you. Act like the message. Act like Christ. He said, I receive it. Act like it. Live like it. Love like it. Now look, sister, you must act your faith. Act your faith. Do you believe it? So do you believe it? So now he's trying to tell her how to act his faith, Matthew. Trying to act your faith. Put action to your faith. Do you believe it, Samuel? So now you've got to act your faith. So he says now, he says, sister, he says you've got to act your faith. For you believe it? Question. Then go off the platform happy. Happy. I want to see some smiles now. Go out from the house of God happy. Rejoicing. Believing. You're free. Be active in your faith. Not just come to church and hear some messages. But let it be active. You're healed. Praise the Lord. And he sent out his word and he healed the people. The word is still active today. It's powerful, more powerful, sharper. It can cut through your unbelief this morning and it can go right down to your address. Do you believe, bride? Amen. Then go out of the house of God happy. Not down, happy. Go rejoicing. Come on, come on. We come to the house of God to hear who we are in the Word of God. The Word is living in you. It's an active faith. It's an energizing faith. Then you take the Word of God this morning and say, Devil, get off my case. I receive what Brother Tom is preaching this morning. I'll put a smile on my face. I will raise my hand. I will give Him all the glory. The faith is active, saints. Not dormant. It's not dormant. Dormant means asleep. Don't sleep in church. If you're asleep, go just stay home and go to bed. But this is an active faith. I come to church to pull on the word of God because that word has to meet my need. And he can deliver my situation. I got a son that needs the Holy Ghost. You're my deliverer. I got a daughter that needs an experience with God. It gives her a joy and a bounce in her step. Come on, Brother Ben, you stick with me now. I'm watching the whole church today. Rejoice. Rejoice. So you wonder why then the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I don't mean like an airy bubbly. The joy of the Lord is my thing. No, 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 no. You can be the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's substance. It's powerful. Why mess around with it? Be active this morning. Be a Rahab. Do whatever you got to do. But put the blood on your heart. Without it, saints, you're dead. People have played around too much. 
It's time to lift up now. You're not a bunch of wimps and babies no more. If you are the bride, she's an active bride. She's a pregnated bride. She is in a lineage of God. Whimper, whimper, snivel, snivel. That's not the message. We sing, victory is mine, victory is mine. It's victory. Look, sister. Look, church. Look, bride. You must have active faith. So if you go off the platform, Nathaniel, just praise him. Say, well, I don't feel like it. Why don't you give the sacrifice of praise then? Do something. Sacrifice something. Well, I gave a little money. Well, that's your obligation. That's the word. Tithes and offerings. That's the word. If you don't do that, you're off the word. That's your part to play. But you say, well, I gave my offering. Well, why don't you give an offering of praise this morning? Why don't you be like this little woman where the prophet said, do you believe it now? Then you've got to have active faith. So your active faith is going off the platform. He says, now go rejoicing. Go happy. Amen. Go thanking the Lord Jesus. Well, I think that would do a lot of you a lot of good right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you brought this message to my way. Thank you, Jesus, that you knocked on the door of my heart. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent the messenger to my home. Amen. Rahab had remarkable faith for what she had. Can you imagine if she would have had 1,100 tapes? She would have been a rocket. She would have said, move aside, Joshua, let me do this. 1,100 tapes, all she heard was a little tidbit from the well. Maybe a caravan came through. Maybe some ill-appointed time happened in her home and she heard something from somebody. But something inside her said, that's the God that I want. I want the God of Moses. I want the God of Israel. I don't want to seed you up, but I want the God of William Branham. And that God is the Lord Jesus Christ. I love him more. People say, you're following a man, and you're following this, and you're following that. Saints, I can't find where Brother Branham ever said, follow me. I cannot find that. I know one thing he said, he said, look at the Lamb of God. I must decrease. He must increase. He may, this message makes me love the Lord more than anything. People get a wonky idea and then they try to fill it. Then they try to put that into your filter. Saint, my womb is closed to anything other than the seed of God. I don't listen to that garbage. I listen to Christ. I listen to this message. Rahab's faith was a remarkable faith. She had a knowledge so small, it protected her in the hour of judgment. She fed her faith with the meager food that she heard. But let me tell you, you have been given a banquet. Not a little morsel here, but the book has been opened. Christ has opened himself up. The seals have been released. And God's light has come into a people. Saints, we cannot be the burglary elements of this world. We got to live in the victory wherein Christ has set us free. Nobody in any time of life has had what you've had. 
And let me tell you something, saints of God. God knew what we needed. God knew the storehouse, Joseph's storehouse, was not for Egypt. God's mind is only for Jacob and his seed. So that storehouse, because now God would not have his children begging bread. So God had a storehouse being prepared before Jacob even knew it. God had this message here before we even knew it. God sent this message to you. We were in the land. We were in our holotry. But Jesus came. Hallelujah. Oh my. Listen, saints. If you can't rejoice over that. I just don't know. I don't know. But remember. Is, now, now, no, I'll save that for another time. We'll save that for another message. My, the word just is marvelous, saints. But so she, what maker she had stopped judgment. You have been given much. She didn't have three services a week. She didn't have the MP3 or download the message out of the cloud. She didn't have any of that. And somehow we barely make it to church. We barely have victory. We barely have joy. We're barely victorious. Hmm. Maybe there's some Rahabs here today that says, I'm going to shake myself. I'm just going to start eating and believing and stop denying. She had no book to inspire her to read. How many of you read message books? I'm, I'm sure. I won't even look, Ernie. I'll say it's 100%. She didn't have a message book. She didn't have a Bible. Amazing, wasn't it? The little tidbits, and I called it odds and sods that she got, was enough to move her in such great realms of faith to deny the kings of Laodicea. She put together maybe some of the talk that she went to the marketplace. Concluding then the God that brought two million people through the Red Sea was a living God. <laughs> I, I know a lot of you have watched Ten Commandments. I know that. I have. So not to put anybody in bondage. <gasps> You've watched Ten Commandments? Yes, I have. <laughs> and Hollywood gets you to see that, you know, there's, you know, it looks like it's only about as wide as this room. Really? Do you know how long it would take two million people to walk through this gap? Take them a week. But they did it in a day. So I looked up the statistic and the statistic said that God had to open the Red Sea a mile. That God is my God. That's what she's talking about. A God that can take him through a Red Sea, open it up, not 30 feet, not 60 feet, a mile. Oh, but now, now he's the captain of the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord Jesus himself. He's the mighty God. They had to go at a certain way. Because there are dips 
in the ocean floor 2,700 feet down. So they didn't repel and they didn't do rock climbing. There was a certain breach to go across the Red Sea, one place. And that one place was wide enough for all Israel to cross without ropes and... They walked right across, God held it off for a mile. (laughs) I want to scream and shout, really. I want to do a little bit of a dance myself to tell you the truth. And I'm sure they were doing hopping, skipping, jumping and praising God when they walked through the Red Sea. Praise the Lord. So she put all these things together and she realized that a God that can bring out two million people out of Egypt through the Red Sea that can have about an 85-year-old woman with a tamarind start singing the songs of Moses, singing the victory. And you know what the scripture says? The scripture goes on to sound, and the children of Israel sang the songs of Moses. So that was quite the choir. It must have been quite the roar. If you want to read it, it's Exodus 15. It's tremendous, tremendous to read. But there was something in her that was in us. Oh, Abba Father, Abba Father. My God, my God. There's something, Brother Bram said, in the predestinated seed that is crying for her inheritance. She was living in it, but didn't realize it. But it took the message to let her realize the land she was in was her inheritance. Praise the Lord. In serpent seed. I'll wind this down then. God hid it from the eyes of the wise and prudent and promised it to reveal it to the sons of God. In the last days, when the sons of God will be manifested, when God's sons that rejoiced with Him before the foundation of the world, when that great revelation of the Godhead and things was brought down in this last day, He would manifest these things to the sons of God. You know the scripture teaches that. And here we are. He said, that's the reason God is opening these things to us. Not a little tidbit, not a little bit here and a little bit there. But now he's opening this to us, bringing his sons into its manifestation. He's going beyond the limitations of human knowledge. Way into the spiritual revelations and bringing it down to them. What for? For opening these things. To bring the sons of God into manifestation. It is indeed manifesting time. It's an act of faith time. It's an energizing time. It's a faith time. Amen. Oh, Abba Father, here we come. He says it's predestinated us to this inheritance in Him as it was for Israel which is predestinated to us. We've inherited this. God has given it to you. It's for the sons and daughters of God. Our inheritance, are you listening now? Winding it down? Our inheritance is given to the predestinated. That's why we read the quote. 
That harlot Rahab was predestinated. He said, now our inheritance is given to us because you've been predestinated to this. Predestination is his foreknowledge. How did God know that he could trust a preacher? How did he know? By foreknowledge. It's not he that willeth nor him that runneth. It's God that shows mercy. That's right. Predestinated. He knew what was in you. He knew what was in you. He knows what's in you. He, that's the reason he came to earth. He knew what was in you ever before there was an earth to walk in. That's an infinite God. We are finite. And sometimes he says we think finite. But God is infinite. Amen. This infinite God has given you this inheritance. And this inheritance comes through Ephesians. Which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. And I'm, 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 I feel like I'm under the gun for time. And, I, and this is so wonderful. I shouldn't be speeding through it. But now we'll break it down a little bit maybe next time. But now God has brought us to our Joshua. Our Joshua's Ephesians. Our Ephesians is now. God has given us this inheritance. And this inheritance is until the redemption of the purchased possession. So there comes a time now. God has given now this Holy Spirit. Which is the Spirit the Bible says, which is the spirit of, of the earnest part of his redemption. So that earnest money, or that down payment money, or the spirit of God that is in you, the earnest of God, is a guarantee that there's going to be a time when all of it will be paid. So in the Ephesians, now Paul's telling us there's going to be a time. You've got the earnest of it, but there's going, that's the down payment of it. But there's going to be a last day. That God is going to take the purchase of his possession. And he's going to do the claiming of it. The receiving of it. And say, she's mine. And because now you've got the earnest of it now. Now we've been given the fullness of it. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The uh, uh, diaglot or now the um, amplified says this. The spirit then is the guarantee. The Holy Spirit in you. That Paul's talking about was a guarantee that there was going to come now the full payment. So that is why we said now the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Christ. All that was in God was poured into Christ. All that was in Christ is poured into the church. He said, this son of man being revealed in this body, your body. The Word. The fullness of the Word has come. Brother Brown, I've got a quote on that. I'll, I'll get to it probably next time. He said, now the, the fullness of the Godhead, fullness of His Word has come in this age. Not the down payment, the whole of God. Moving us into the promise. If Rahab could have an act of faith with the little she had, how much faith should the bride have now with all God's poured out? I want you to meditate on that. I want you to think about it. Lord, if I, am I living below what I should be living? Lord, I want this to become an act of faith moving in me into all the promises of God.
We want to provoke you in love, saints, by the Word of God. To reach forth and not go back. We can't go back. Don't make this church just a church. We're an active church. We're the body of Christ. We're running to the promise. We aren't going back. We're going forward. The cross before me. The world behind me. Amen. Musicians, please come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You say, well, Brother Tom, um, why, why, why sometimes we do that? I don't know. Maybe it's human nature. When I grew up in Chilliwack, I grew up up the valley. It used to be colder in those days. And it used to get cold in the wintertime. And in the wintertime, the ditches would freeze over. And when they would freeze over, that was a great time for children. We want to test whether or not the ice holds. So you'd put the uh, highest rubber boots you could get on. Because you didn't quite think that there was quite that frozen. So then if you got on it and it held you, you jumped. You jumped to see whether the weight of it would really hold you. And nine times out of ten, it didn't. But that was fun being a kid. But then I came across this article a long time, years ago. And, it was, and, and the gentleman was talking about faith. He says, it's like that fellow that when America was, was just starting out and they used to travel with wagons and different things like that. He said, there was this frontier fellow. He came to this river and he saw the river and he crawled on his hands and knees not knowing whether or not the ice was going to hold. And so it was, night, it was at night time. The moon was shining and, and, he, and he's just going on his hands and knees just hoping he could cross. He said, when he was halfway across, all of a sudden he heard this hoot and a holler and a whip going and a snap. And here comes this wagon full of, of, of supplies. And he jumps over this bank and the horses land on it and they go and he didn't even get recognized. And the wagon got across, the horses got across, the supplies got across and here he is on his hands and knees. <laughs> and he stood up and he said, how foolish that is. But the fellow that was, uh, it was an old, old message, of an old, somewhere in the 1800s. And the fellow says, and I think it was uh, Presbyterian or Scottish, whatever. He says, think of it. He says, there he was on, I was on my hands and knees. He says, and the horse goes by. He says, that's exactly like our faith. He says, we crawl over the bank of the promise. We crawl on the ice. And we barely get across. We think, I, I, I know it'll hold, I know it'll hold. But then somebody comes running through like a prophet of Malachi 4. And he looks down and says, get off your hands and knees. Get up and stand like a man. This word will hold you. This message is an act of faith, saints of God. Let's go on. The cross before me. The world behind me. Let's stand. Oh, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the
Amen. Though none go with me, still I, because it's a personal revelation of who He is in your life. How is your faith this morning? How active is it? How inspired is it? Maybe you have a need this morning. Why, why would you go from the house of God with that need still on, the, on your shoulders and the burden? That you could say, Lord, my faith is active. If a prophet said to that sister, according to the word of God, you're healed. Do you believe? She said, I do believe. Then he said, you just go off the platform rejoicing, happy, and thanking Jesus. I believe that's what we need to do, saints. We need to be active in our faith. Not doubting our faith. Brother Bram said, in Christ the mystery, God revealed. He said, that's what I'm identified with. Oh, he said, the devil's howling about this. The manifested truth of the promise of his word. Are you listening? Everybody listening? The manifested truth of the promise of the word in her alone. Who's her? It's me. The devil's howling about this, Brother Jim. Because a bride is coming to her position, her inheritance, her promise. And he's howling. Why? Because now it's the manifested truth of this promise of the word in her alone. Says they don't have the answer out there. When Jesus come, why didn't those Pharisees say, if I cast out the devil by the finger of God, who do you cast him out by? He stood alone. They didn't believe him. Here's my last statement. And the church stands alone. Take the world. Give me Jesus. I can't go back. I'm taking God at his promise. It's an act of faith. It's an energizing faith. And I'm going to move in that promise this morning. So now how active is your faith this morning? And you want to reach up to that. Touch the hem of his garment and say, Lord, I've got an unsaved mother. I've got an unsaved daddy. I've got unsaved children. I'm going to apply this scarlet thread of the bleeding word on the window of my heart. And I'm going to look at them through the blood. We can bring them into our households and bring them under this blood of salvation. Let's bow our heads. I'm sure everybody should have their hands up. There's some loved one you love somebody. That you could say this morning, Lord, remember my mother. Remember my father. Remember my daughter, my son, Lord. God, it's an hour of judgment. But it's also an hour of deliverance for the elected lady. Father, so by faith, we lift up our hand, not to man, but to you. Father, save them, Lord. I apply the token to them. I embrace that promise for myself. I might have to stand alone in it, Lord. But I will hold to your unchanging hand. 
The promise is mine. If you ask anything in my name, believing, you shall have what you ask. I ask for my mother. I ask for my brothers. I ask for my sisters. Jesus, I send the Holy Spirit after them in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, why would I want them to crumble in a time of judgment? Lord, give them a mighty deliverance this morning. Let a mother's faith reach out and say, I claim my wayward son in the name of Jesus Christ. I claim my unsaved daughter for your glory this morning, Lord. Maybe the people around me don't believe for them, but I'll stand alone. As Rahab stood alone, let me stand alone and believe for their salvation. Father, every need, every burden, every care, may you minister to every life that's here this morning. May this act of faith well up within them and say, I will not be denied. I hold to your unchanging hand. The promise is yea and amen to them that believe. Father, I just pray that something might have been said to help, strengthen, encourage this little elected lady that is already in the land, but you brought the word to us, Lord. May it become manifested within all of our lives. May it be more than just a statement, but may it be a lived out revelation. And may, Father God, we walk into the promises of God in Jesus' name. Amen. My hope is in the Lord. My